Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so honored to have you here with us where we talk about the business of real life. I am just so excited about our guest today. My guest today is one of the most memorable pitches on the popular CBC TV show, Dragon's Den. Now he splits his time between Vancouver and New York, and he is the founder and creative visionary behind Naked. I am just so excited about my guest today. And he's not in New York right now, but he is here locally right now. He Inspired by uh, his exposure to performance apparel during his athletic career and luxurious fabrics while traveling South America, Joel, he sought out to create Naked. His vision was to create an innovative apparel uh, a brand that would combine performance and luxury to redefine the way clothing worn close to the skin fits, feels, and functions. And in the promotion of his brand, Naked, a NASDAQ-listed company, Joel appeared on the CBC popular show Dragon's Den, not once, not twice, but three times, in addition to Entertainment Tonight Canada, E-Talk in Canada, Urban Rush, Shaw's TV show The Express, and The Fanny Kiefer Show. Joel was recently selected as one of BC's business top 30 under 30 entrepreneurs, and he has funded the creation of multiple computer labs in Ghana through his awesome charity called Project World Citizen. I just wanted to say welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, the business of real life, Joel Primus. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Elaine, and thanks to everybody who is listening and sharing these next 15, 20, 25 minutes with us. I'm excited to, to be part of this with you. Okay, I got to ask you, Naked, how on earth did you come up with that name? It's an awesome, awesome <laughs> name. Uh, at the time, I was landscaping. Uh, that was what was paying the bills. I was landscaping and I was bartending. But at the time we came up with the name, we were literally trimming hedges at a dentist office. And we would be trimming. And there's actually a lot to be said because you can get into this meditative state when you're doing something like that, like physical labor, like running, like like trimming hedges. <laughs> and uh, and when you get into that state, your mind kind of relaxes a little bit. And then that's when that influx of ideas comes to you. A lot of people, when they're meditating, slight uh, diversion here, when they're meditating, they get really frustrated initially because the second you close your eyes and you start to relax, all of a sudden that stream of thoughts hits you. Um, and it's, and then you become overwhelmed and you feel like you're not doing it right. But in actuality, that's the brain's way of finally turning off and, and, and allowing itself to rest from the, the state wow. it's in all day. And so 
you know, that's, that's sort of how it came. And that's sort of how every meaningful thing that's ever come to me has come is when I've, I've reached that state and all of a sudden these ideas came and we had a list of paper, but all of a sudden naked popped into my mind and we wrote it down on the piece of paper. And I'm like, that's it. There's nothing else. That's it. You know, every other name, the 50 other names we wrote down of the window. That's the one. It is the one. I think you shared with me when we met before that uh, your name was so great that one of the dragons just even just wanted to buy just your name. Yeah, Arlene. Arlene said, you know, on the show, a, a, a name like Naked, a branding like Naked, comes around once in a lifetime. You know, and it's it's really special. And I, I guess you could say that, you know, at the time that we did it ten years ago it hadn't quite reached the collective consciousness, you know, naked was more taboo. It was more associated with, with sexual things and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now fast forward to today, it's associated with purity. It's associated with clean and fresh and, and all these things that were sort of built into our original brand vision. So, you know, it's a brand that comes around once in a lifetime, but lots of people are really using it to express the cool products that they're making today. That, that as, well was, as, as well as us. <laughs> 10 years. Wow. But that was incredible foresight for you to, to grab such a good name that like, it's, it's just, just it's, luck. <laughs> just luck. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is so awesome. I have to ask. So you know how people believe that, you know, when you have your own business, it's just great. Life can't go wrong. There's nothing, nothing possible that can go wrong when your brand is so successful and you're so successful. But in reality, we know that life is not like that. It's not an easy road. And um, often people will say that an entrepreneur is someone who jumps off a cliff and then builds the airplane on the way down. So I have to ask you, <laughs> was there ever a challenge that you could think of that just like stopped you in your tracks and just made you think like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Like this did not work out at all. And can you pick one or is there one? And then... Can you share what you learned from it? Yeah, uh, is there one? I mean, I think that as entrepreneurs, those challenges are every single day. And and really, you know, if you're living your life at your edge, which some people would say is the point uh, where you can really create greatness, no matter if you're an entrepreneur, an artist, or or anything, it's, pu- it's, it's pushing yourself to that edge. And, and then the, the met- as the metaphor goes, if you go past it, that's when burnout and, and other things happen. But if you, can, if you can live to that edge, you're always going to be experiencing tension. And it's through tension that we grow. It's through, it, you don't become, I, I used to be a runner, you don't become a better runner uh, without break down, breaking down your muscles and building them back up again. I mean, that's sort of the process in which we evolve. So the world of an entrepreneur is constant tension is and is constantly trying to to push that boundary. So you have to be willing and crazy enough um, to live in it every single day. And until you get to a point in which, you know, it kind of transcends to the next level, but I don't think that that's the hardest part. I think that the hardest part uh, is, is just like the sheer highs and the sheer lows and the lows aren't because you've had a setback. That's not that's not a low. A low is is because as an entrepreneur, you get so emotionally invested in what you're doing that things become physically heart crushing um, if they don't go the way you want them to go, and and that's all sort of attached to your brand. And uh, 
you know, there's a million examples of, of things that have crushed my heart. Uh, and, uh, well, one, your one that just stands out? <laughs> you know, when we first started shipping, uh, one of the major department stores, I won't say who we had this very specific brand that we'd built and it, and it used the world's most environmentally friendly fabrics and it was sourced from wow. Italy and it was made in Vancouver. And as we started to enter that bigger world, uh, changes started to be imposed upon us, recommended, but recommended very strongly. And at the time, I, I didn't have the courage to say no. I didn't have the courage to push back. And so I made concessions and changes to the overall look, feel, and direction of the brand based on vendor input that I ultimately understood where it came from. And don't, don't disrespect why that, that advice was given, but I don't think it was true to who we mm-hmm. were. And, and, and ultimately that, that did end up coming back and inviting us, uh, as they say in the, in the arts, mm-hmm. because of, uh, um, customers saying, this is why I loved you. Why did you, mm-hmm. why did you make these changes now, you know, to sell the big guys? And so that kind of stuff really hits you personally as an entrepreneur. And that's the one I can think of right now. And then what did you do differently after that? Or did it change anything for you? Well, your mindset or your, your product? It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to go back in those situations. No, it's yeah, tough it's to, right. when you're now an established you know, within this, this vein of, of distribution, it's tough to go back, but it makes you the next time you face a decision like that, you can, you can go left instead of right and, and have the confidence, you know, I did this once your way. It didn't work the way we wanted it to. Now we're going to keep doing it my way. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly what you just said. You, you can't go back on those, but you, you, you kind of leap off from it saying, okay, well, I learned this and it totally convicted me with this or it reinforced my, my brand purpose. So I'm just going to keep going with that because that's where my heart is true. That's awesome. I, I'd love to know what you think. Like there's people out there saying, I can do this. I can start my own underwear product. I can, that was my idea. Like I hear all sorts of things when I created my products, like, Oh, I, I made that. But what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Like if you could say there's three top uh, qualities or characteristics for, for someone to survive as an entrepreneur, what would you say those three are? Um, well, persistence for sure is, is one and ownership is another one. The biggest difference is the onus of every decision, the weight and gravitas of every decision rests upon your shoulders and and that should be embraced an entrepreneur should embrace that and they shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes you know entrepreneurship just as everything else in life is messy and if we go through life afraid of blunder afraid of goofing afraid of falling on our face and because of what people think we're never going to be happy or successful and and the exact same thing applies to to entrepreneurship you have to own your successes as much as you have to own your mistakes and have conviction behind why you do them and and the willingness to to learn and and so those are those are the two key ones for me is ownership and persistence um those are awesome and honesty and and you know the other part of it is is just is accepting the 
the growth that comes with the journey of, mm. of being an entrepreneur, no different than the journey of being a human being is that, you know, you have to say that the, the person I'm going to be when I'm a 21 year old entrepreneur or I'm a 30 year old or a 40 year old or a 50 year old or a six year old entrepreneur is not the person I'm going to be 10 years later or 15 years later. I'm going to grow and evolve with this. And that's, that's okay too. And, uh, and so people really just need to embrace that part of the journey, embrace the questions that come with it, uh, live and, and hope to, and I'm paraphrasing a quote here, but hope to live into the answers, you know, mm-hmm. one day. And, and that's, and that's what makes the process fun and, and not, and not stuck in, you know, I need to, I need this to be done now. Everything takes a little bit of time. And so. That's awesome. Yeah, well, your anyway. your product is gorgeous. Is I, I have my uh, shopping cart full. I just have to hit like send. <laughs> it's it's all there, ready to go. I have to ask you, Joel, what was your eureka moment in in your business? Now, I I don't know if you had a mentor or just some part in your journey of your of being an entrepreneur that you had a eureka moment, and what was it? Do you mean the Eureka moment to start the business? Nope. Oh, just <laughs> like, just the Eureka moment just, in, in the you, business. Yes. Yes. Like where maybe it was a pivotal point in your business and you said, dang, there it is. This is what I should have been doing or this is what I need to do. And whether it was someone who's, who just said something that just spurred you on or, or – something that gave you that eureka moment big question yeah it's i mean there's obviously the 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 eureka moment to start it which Mm -hmm. as you mentioned at the beginning happened in peru and as people have joked uh, there was no peyote involved in that eureka moment there was just a desperate (laughs) need for underwear Um, so that was the the first moment uh, is that wow the rest of the world is better underwear than canada Awesome. But you, you can only believe it so much until customers and people start agreeing with you in a meaningful way. And so we had, uh, we had started and we'd made these prototypes and the prototypes weren't fitting. And then we, we got into better fits, but then we still had fit issues the first, you know, the first 18 months. But despite those fit issues and and Nike, yeah, Phil Knight in, in, uh, in Shoe Dog kind of talked about their, their push and innovation in shoes paralleled our push and innovation in underwear. And what ended up happening was we screwed up $100,000 every penny we'd raised. I told you this story when we, uh, when we were at the Maple Ridge Chamber of Commerce. And we screwed up $100,000 worth of underwear in our first order. It did not fit about 50% of the male population. And, and it was devastating. And it was, it was so upsetting because we cared so much about our customers and we cared so much about the product we made. And that was a lot of money to, to, yeah. to lose. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was, is that we, the customers, Canada over, because I literally got in my car and visited every single one of our stores, worked wow. on exchanging the products, drove almost entirely across the country. There was some flying, but then there was wow. some 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 driving uh, mixed in there as well and uh i saw these stores and people were really forgiving because 
they really understood what we were trying to do with the product and they felt that there was a need for it. And this is, this goes back to the Nike story I brought up where they had messed up one of their first really innovative shoes and the reception was not hatred. The reception was keep trying, you know, thank you for returning my money, but keep trying. And so we had a similar experience and that was a really impactful moment to wow we keep we we may have lost every penny that we raised and we may have a ton of useless underwear but we need to keep trying so wow i i i love the integrity in that story i i love the perseverance that you're saying and i love the ownership that you were mentioning earlier right it i think when you do take ownership not just for successes but that the failures the mistakes i think people embrace that they they, they say thank you and they, they do allow you to try again then for you to not own it and then, and then it becomes not slanderous but not a good thing in our social media world <laughs> today. So yeah. that's an awesome story. Thank you. I, I would love to know being all about establishing good habits because I'm the creator of Easy Daisies and, mm-hmm. and for starting kids with good life habits. I'd love to know, Joel, what are your habits to success? Like, do you have like one thing, two things, three things that you do daily that help you to be the person that you are today? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a few. So I, I'm a runner, at, but not, not anymore, but I was. And, and so this idea of like a monastic type life, um, I think is really helpful and useful for entrepreneurs. The, the world record... It's not actually the world record holder of the marathon, but he, he was the, the man who attempted to break two hours in the marathon. Wow. The Kenyan man tried to do something no man has ever done before by a long shot. It's like landing on the moon. And he is worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. And yet he chooses to sleep in a, uh, in like a college style dorm room in 8,000 feet elevation with, you know, he shares the room, a tiny 10 by 10 room with another person and still, lives that lifestyle that keeps him grounded to what made him successful Mm. uh, as he continues to pursue these goals. He has not let what he has take away from what he's trying to do. And don't get me wrong, my wife, two kids and I don't live in a 10 by 10 college dorm room. The the point is, is we need to make a habit of, of keeping our focus on what we're trying to achieve and, and not letting what I would call, you know, focusing on our basic needs and not our adopted needs. So our basic needs are our love, health, community, creativity, um, our adopted needs are anything that might come from our greed, anything that we see marketed to us that becomes frivolous and becomes a distraction, not just to our business, but becomes a distraction to our soul. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we really need to, to focus our lifestyles in a way that allow us to, to just keep focused on what really matters. Keep learning. Uh, I can't remember the, the author. Um, he's one of my favorite authors, so shame on me for not remembering, but he was talking in an interview about traffic university, which essentially is what this is. Uh, traffic university is, is taking the time in the audiobook world and the podcast world to take those minutes of, of driving of stuck in traffic to learn, to, to put on, your great podcast and all the great people you have on it or anybody's 
and just learn a little bit more and keep learning because we by no means will have it all figured out, you know, in our 20s, 30s or 40s or 50s. So keep learning and keep growing and keep applying those things every single day. It's, it's, it's a wonderful habit to be in. Um, and maybe the last one is, you know, is to always manage with your mind, but lead with your heart. It's my, one my mom drives into me and it's, and so the, 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 the habit is to make sure that your heart is involved and, and you're being true to yourself and you're being true to, um, lots of different things. That means being able to say no just mm-hmm. as much as it is being able to say yes. And, and that's both in your personal life and your professional life. So listening to that, that heart, your heart is a really good habit to have mm-hmm. because it, it allows you to build trust. When we talk about ownership, it allows you to build trust with yourself in your decision-making process. Um, and, and in that, that trust builds your confidence and that confidence makes you better at everything that you do. And investors see that. One thing that I've always noticed about good investors is they, they see right through Mm -hmm. everything to your, to your core. And so make sure that you're working on that core and that will make you a much better person to, to do business with. I I love that. Make sure you're working on your core and, uh, I was like, hey, that should go on a t-shirt. That's like a big pun right there. <laughs> Just thinking <laughs> of your athletic wear. But, <laughs> but can you say, you said it so well. You said manage with your heart. Lead with your mind. Lead with your mind. It's a, it's a marriage between your two centers, right? They, they serve different purposes within you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't think everything through. Sometimes you have to feel everything or you have to feel something and understand it from a feeling standpoint. And and other times it's the opposite. It's not business isn't all wishy-washy and it's not all just business. There's a, there's a balance. Yeah. No, I love that. That's awesome. I I love, you said so many great things that like just staying grounded, like be grounded. You said, keep learning. And then I loved that you pulled from what you learned from your mom, which is, you know, manage with your heart and lead with your mind. How did you decide to get a CEO? Like, why did you give up that control? Mm, That's a really good question. And one that I hope all the listeners who are pursuing big dreams have the opportunity to ask themselves at one point because their businesses are at that level. And uh, the biggest driver for me is, so when I started Naked, I said to myself, this is my first business. I don't care how much of it I own at the end. All I care about is that I've learned a ton and that I've built contacts and that I've built a reputation that, that I'm a good business person and that, and that I have some wherewithal. That was my objective. And so with every decision, I, I kept that in mind is that this is learning, this is growing, and this is helping me, excuse me, um, this is helping me reach the next level as an entrepreneur, even if that next level was still naked. So I, I happened to have a public company at the time. We had share, 500 shareholders. We'd raised a few million dollars. And the reality was we weren't getting the results that I had promised the shareholders. And this is something that kept me up at night. And I, it wasn't for lack of effort. And it wasn't even for lack of 
I think, understanding of what I was doing. It was, it was a whole combination of things. And my choice was these shareholders invested money. These shareholders deserve a return on that money or the best possible chance of return on that money. And at this point, it's time to bring in somebody who can, is better suited to, to deliver that to them. And that was, that was the reason. And then the, the secondary selfish motivation was that I could have the chance to learn a lot from this, from this person along the way. That's awesome. What entrepreneurs, what I didn't realize and what entrepreneurs don't realize that you face when you make that decision is, I talked about at the beginning, is there's that, there's that deep personal connection to your brand and, and you're so used to doing things one way. Um, that it's actually, it feels, you have to learn to let go. Mm-hmm. You really, really let go of, of many aspects of what you, you've, you've formally held on to because if you don't entrust fully and 100% the leadership and guidance of the person that, that, that has come on to the company or, or if you've sold your company, then you will just create a bad tension that won't work. And, and so... You, you really do have to embrace the person that you brought on and let go and, and, and let them run with it. No different than if you were to stay on. It's important that you're the one who, who runs with it and that the team is built up to support you. Uh, that is awesome. Great lesson and great advice. And hopefully one day I'll venture that way. <laughs> <laughs> you are a parent. You have two gorgeous, adorable little girls. Right. And I know that you have a wonderful wife that's there and supporting you. But I have to ask you, do you ever find that it's, it's a crazy balance of, of being a parent and running a business? And if you do, what's one, tip, one advice that you have to the parent listeners right here, right now? Yes, that is the million-dollar question. <laughs> um, don't say hire a nanny because, mm-hmm. well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, that, I think that it's all individual. Um, you... As a parent, there are the biggest and most important thing that you can do is love unconditionally and deeply your children. And, you, and you're there to guide. You know, in my personal view, you're not there to be their friend. You are there to build, a, 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 to, build to support a human being on their growth so that they can then go off in this world and be strong, capable, powerful people and to be the person that they want to be. You know, I've, I've sort of viewed that no matter what journey we are on, it's, it's a journey just back to ourself and that's where we're our happiest, our, our, we are happiest is when mm-hmm. we are our true selves. So if you can inspire your child to be that way, I can't tell you which way is the best way to do that. And I have for years battled with in, in, immense guilt over the, the hours that I've worked or the travel that I've done. And I've had moments where um, there hasn't been as much. And so it's, it's really about embracing the ebb and flow of your work and taking the opportunities that you have to be present for your children, taking the ones that are there and, ma- and obviously making some as well to be present for your children. But if you are teaching your children to follow their dreams, you're teaching them to be good workers, you know, working is not a bad example either. It's, it's, it's an example of uh, a quality and an attribute in your, 
in yourself that you hope is imparted on them Absolutely. and that you are proud of what you do and that you're doing something for yourself. Cause if we can teach our children to do things for themselves, then they will be powerful. And, and so we, we should, we shouldn't be ashamed that we work. We shouldn't be ashamed that, that, that there's time that we're spending focusing on ourselves and focusing on our personal development because those things should Absolutely. benefit our children. And, and, and so I'm, but I'm still figuring it out. Right? I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have the answer. I have a, I have a supportive wife and we have a supportive family. And, and one of the reasons we're back here in Vancouver um, more is, is because of that family support and that community around our children. It takes a village. That's, that's an old saying. And I believe it. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I appreciate all that you just said. And it's, it's so true, right? We're, we're not supposed to make these perfect kids and make them think that our lives are perfect, but for them to see our struggles, our mistakes, the lessons that we learn, uh, the hardships of work and what it takes to, to do something so it becomes successful are all awesome lessons and, and letting them be a part of that journey so they can see when we fall and stumble and, yeah. and the incredible lessons that they learn watching how we pick ourselves up. And, and I love, I, I don't know who said it or where I read it, but someone said it's, we're not supposed to mold our children. We're supposed to help them unfold. And I was thinking of that when you said that we have to help our kids be the person they're supposed to be, right? Like not who we think they're supposed to be or, but to help them just unfold and to that awesome person. And you are awesome. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on my show today. Thanks for having me. You are incredible. Now, Joel, people wanted to find you or connect with you. Where can they go? Uh, LinkedIn, um, Joel Primus and, and, and Instagram, Joel.Primus, or you can add me as a, friend on Facebook. That's awesome. Say I nice will, things, I'll be happy to have. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will have uh, what you just mentioned on the show notes so people can find you and your website and, and check out your awesome product line. And, uh, and I'll make sure they have a link there so they can like, sh- look and shop right away. Absolutely. And, thank you. Joel, thank you so much. Thank you for all the nuggets that you just shared with us. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. I love to hear from you. So please do find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And I love hearing from you. And I'd be so honored and grateful if you went on iTunes and gave this show a rating because that helps uh, Elaine's Kitchen Table to show up higher on the ratings. And I would be so grateful. And Joel, thank you again. And you are welcome to say bye to our listeners too. Bye, guys. Have a great day. Do great things. Bye.